1: How we doing, traders? Welcome to it, the best pre-market prep show in the world. We're here with, of course, Joel Conan Dennis Dick in here. I'm gonna go ahead and bring them already into the show. We're gonna drop the intro right here. I hope you guys are ready for a great show. You guys see it. I'm bullish Starbucks this morning. Let's get it going here. All right. how we doing team let's go ahead let's get it started joel if you can go ahead and bring your screen on up here get your charts on up we'll get that on to the screen here let's go ahead let's do this
3: okay um, how morning. we doing this morning good morning good morning and uh i guess is there a happy anniversary song uh that you sing a happy anniversary this is uh Mitch's second anniversary at Benzinga, and uh he's on the move here. We're in the red by 13 and three-quarters handles, 41.45. Kind of a fluffy uh last 15 minutes. We gave it back, just kind of hanging out mid-range on the session. The old port and close 5875. Pre-market high 58 and a quarter. I don't have anything for you at that current low of the day. 4135. Crude continues to rip up a $1. buck twenty-five, one twenty-sixty-six. Gold in the green at eighteen fifty-four twenty. That's up two ten. Silver trying to get over twenty-two, but it's down nineteen cents at twenty-one ninety-nine. Bitcoin under twenty, under thirty, back over thirty. Net down seven hundred five dollars at 30,340. and Ethereum futures. They're down forty-one dollars at 180250. Let's uh bring in Triple D and uh Triple D is uh in in the trade cave here and um with his pick and shovel. How you doing, Dennis? Oh,
2: sometimes you're the hammer and sometimes you're the nail. Today I'm definitely the nail. I'm getting hit on Ka-pow! the head here on pretty much every single position I got overnight. It's been a long time since I've had this bad luck, but I'm on the wrong side of everything today. So hey. definitely digging out of a big hole here. I don't think I've had a down day in about two months, so it's um, it's been overdue. But it's getting me today. It's going to be a big hole to dig out of.
3: Yeah, then you'll call me at uh, at ten thirty and say, "Not
2: digging know. out of this one, Joel. Wrong <laughs> no, side. Too many stars.
3: But Dennis, aren't you on Twitter? Because if you're on Twitter, you should never have, <laughs> never a, have lose- a loss.
2: Yeah. Yeah. None of the, Twitter the, the bots trade. will if fix I just it. If I just followed everyone on Twitter, I wouldn't have losing days. I wouldn't have losing trades. You only have winning trades. Losing trades don't exist on Twitter. Only
1: of course, winning trades. Don't you know that? That's how it works. You- you you win on a hundred percent of trades, isn't that the way it works? hundred no, percent of trades.
3: Also, yeah. you can and be you fit. never
2: take a loser. That's the way they do no, it on Twitter. No. And, and if you do take no, a loser, no, no. you never admit to it. Never that's admit called, to it on Twitter. That's, that's called that's paper
1: hands. That's called paper well, hands.
3: Also, also oh yes, yeah,
2: paper hands. If you take a loser, for sure. You're right. <laughs> I, they have a. I didn't even realize that they actually have a term for it when people <laughs> actually take losses. Paper hands. I never even realized that, Mitch.
3: Well, not only not only can yo, you have is, not any is, losing trades ridiculous. or anything, but if you, I don't know how these people end up in my screen, but you could be a professional bodybuilder and work out all the time. <laughs> There's people that are just oh, yeah. super fit. I, I don't hey,
1: know. That's what I do. Let's I go. It's,
2: it's what social media <laughs> is. It's a place to brag about yourself.
3: That's hey, why
0: hey. I
2: never on Facebook. Everybody's hey, just on there showing how awesome reason, their lives is. are. I don't go on that stuff because <laughs> it just makes you feel bad about yourself because you're comparing yourself to the impossible. That's why I always say I said I had this rant about three weeks ago on the show. Don't compare yourself to the traders on Twitter because they're all liars. Don't 100%. compare yourself because it's impossible. There's nobody with a 100% win rate. You know, there's nobody. So just don't even compare. Most of the people just are disingenuous. and They're just not talking about their losing trades or they don't take their losers and they don't consider those losers because eventually those will come back and that's just stupid. They're, they're losers.
1: Right. Well, let's go ahead. Let's get into the action today. Let's talk about Roku. Roku's on everybody's eyes this morning after a uh, business insider report talking about, heating up talks with netflix for an acquisition can you guys imagine if this would happen this would definitely be uh one of the biggest deals we've seen in a long time um what do you guys think about this with roku and netflix
2: i think there's almost zero chance this happens so it's from business insider which is definitely not the wall street journal um i'll just say that and down up seven percent on this is a gift in my opinion. With that being said, the technicals actually weren't that bad on Roku. It stopped going down. Some of the growth stocks are okay. But I think if you're buying this on the possibility that Netflix is going to buy Roku, I think there's very little chance. Netflix is trying to fix their own stuff right now. They're not in the acquisition. Netflix is, you know, obviously looking, you know, at their own problems here. So yeah. I don't think they're in in, in the market to go buy a streaming service here right now. So I think very, very, very little chance that Netflix buys Roku. With that being said, I don't mind the technicals on Roku. I'd actually maybe be a buyer of a pullback on it just because the technicals look okay. Above 100, it gets interesting. But if you're coming in here thinking that Netflix is buying Roku, I don't think there's any chance that's going (laughs) to happen.
3: We got the pop, and right now... Just one, I mean, I don't think there's anything here on the dailies. Let me do a quick check. Um, yeah, this 102 is just sticking out to me. Like, boom, you hit one, oh, got close, you hit 102, you backed off two bucks. So, whoever's been buying, they're selling at 102. If you get over 102, or you get some kind of real news on this. Then there's room on the upside. But until it takes out 102, uh, definitely not a buyer here and a uh, little skeptical. You know, with these kind of things, you know, if there's smoke, you want some fire, you want to hear something from the company. I mean, ne- if Netflix comes out and says, no, we we're not interested in this in the world. So watch out on this one. 102, that's a big number. You do for- have to
2: look at who's reporting it. I mean, when we get news breaking from the Wall know. Street Journal, the Dow Jones, I mean, they – you know very connected, they break stuff like that. I don't know how many mergers Business Insider has broken, I don't have the stats on that in front of me. Um, yeah. so you just have to keep that in mind as well. If and, and this, I believe, did originate from Business Insider, correct? Because that's what I didn't actually even look any further, but I saw yeah. it on Business Insider and I believe it originated there. I'm not 100. Yep. Is, can you verify that? Yes, that did, I can. It, it did can originate at Business Insider. Yes.
1: Okay. yes it, it did originate there um so let's go ahead i think let's just move forward um i even see the chat they're like why would netflix do this i, I think they're thinking the same way we're thinking so i, I we'll don't see what
2: happens there chance. well i will say just why we're in the conversation is growth tech like the growthy kathy type name they're
3: doing okay they're
2: mm-hmm. doing okay and again that low that we tweeted out on may 12th has held and every time we yeah. pulled back there's been more buyers. So, I do think obviously that on pullbacks here, some of these growthy tech names which have just been absolutely hammered, you know, could squeeze up a, l- a little bit. Are the are the valuations still reasonable now? No. But are there trade possibilities here? Could you know you get a little upside? Could you get a 50% retracement of the March April decline in a lot of these stocks? I mean, ARKK was $70 oh, 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 oh. at the end of March. <laughs> It got down to thirty-five, cut in half. That's unbelievable. After the as bad as ARKK was doing in twenty twenty-two, then they cut it in half again. So if you Man. think, okay, well, could it get back up to fifty-two or fifty-three? I think so. I think I'd be a buyer of some of those ARKK positions on pullback. So that's the one thing that would keep me not shorting Roku into this, um, because I actually think they're there it is kind of primed. For a little bit of a squeeze here, there is a lot of people who thinks it's going a lot lower, but it's really been killed. It's really been oversold, and it hasn't been going down. And it had a nice rally even yesterday. So, um, technically speaking, Roku doesn't look that look bad.
3: Look at, look at. Um, I don't. Let's go on ARKK here. Yeah. So look at the last three highs. Boom. Four eighty two, four eighty five, four eighty four. You're trading up fifteen cents in a red tape so far. I mean, I think you can see no such thing as a. Tr- I mean, if it if it holds 44.85, you know, or what even the close was there, just below that, then you have you have to say we're heading up here. Close 44.78. Yeah. Um, you know, it's tight, low volume day yesterday. Um, hey Mitch, you're not going to get run over by a truck there, are you? Because I hear some beeping in the back. I hear the right? birds. <laughs> it's birds is in that, the background. Is it so, it's so relaxing. Uh, uh,
1: I, I already saw in the chat. I'm trying to mute myself in between, so you guys don't so get you too guys, much background noise. Mitch, can you noise. give him
3: a move? I changed his name, Dennis, to Moving Mitch.
1: Moving Mitch, baby. D- yeah. Moving.
3: Can, can you just explain to them real quick? Your. your uh, All right. Well,
1: I'll, you, I'll let them know my setup right now. So I'm right now outside of a Starbucks. Yes, <laughs> I said it. Starbucks, guys. <laughs> L- a little advertisement for them. Look at uh, that. Great out of them, advertising.
2: So. Starbucks. Hey. Paying for that.
1: Hell yeah, they should be paying that. But um, one thing that I, I think that is going to be on everyone's radar today is you said about Roku, but keep this one in mind. Vizio, VZIO, is a cheaper acquisition that Netflix could maybe be like, well, forget Roku. We'll just go after the, the cheaper one, Vizio. So What's this one's going on to be on edge?
2: VZIO. I don't follow this company at all, so I'm not even going to comment on this.
1: No, no worries, Dennis. I think the relationship is definitely there to watch today because we're seeing Roku go up on this news. You could get some sympathy in here, so I just keep it on the radar. There's to definitely know. a relationship. That's good to know to that
2: there's you know obviously comparables there um, with Roku because I don't follow Vizio at all.
1: Yeah, very similar. They're mainly the smart TVs, but they also have their channel business that they're growing. And I think that's what Netflix is looking into, is how can we get into TVs directly versus indirectly where people got to download the apps? What if there was essentially like you have fire TVs? What if there was Netflix TVs?
4: Something to think about. Something to think about.
1: Let's go ahead. Let's move forward. Let's get into uh, today. I think this is a very important thing to watch is. Uh, live on Wednesdays, Piper Sandler's Global Exchange Conference. So there we have Security Exchange SEC Chairman Gary Gensler will give a keynote, and he's going to use the opportunity to suggest changes in the current system for payment for order flow, yeah. in which brokers send the order to market makers in exchange for payments. This enables, of course, the zero commissions that a lot of people love. But Gensler has said that there may be conflict of interest with the brokers that have too much power here, and so Gensley's likely to propose that he'll diminish the influence of the wholesale market makers like Virtue and Citadel Securities. I know Dennis is definitely have some opinions about this. I mean, about I've talked so stuff think? for
2: a decade. I've met with the SEC on you know payment for order flow and off-exchange market making multiple times. I do wish that they would regulate and bring some of those orders onto the exchange because what happens when you're at a retail broker is your orders typically are not making it to the exchange. They're going to a wholesaler like a Citadel, like a Virtue, which then, you know, take the other side of the trade or then send it on to the exchanges if they don't want to take the other side. So, you know, I'd love to bring those orders onto the exchange to have more competition to get better pricing, you know, they'll say, well, they're always getting better pricing, but I think you'd have a more competitive, um, you'd, you'd have a more competitive market making experience if it was on the exchange, meaning that the spreads could actually get tighter. So they're marking it against current spreads and the small caps I've set for this for a decade are a mess because pay, because of off exchange market makers that have basically monopolized those markets. I mean, you go into a small, some of these small caps are very wide spreads. You go into the mega caps, you don't have that problem. Bank of America, tight spreads. Getting you know, the S&P, Apple's, Amazon's, so they're tight spreads. There's high frequency traders, lots of participants. There's not a problem there. And the small caps, there is a problem. And there's been a problem there for a long time. And we've seen spread compression over the last 20 years, but the small caps have not experienced that. And I think a big part of it is that off exchange market makers Basically, taking the other side of all these trades discourages those liquidity providers that are on the exchange. I know even myself, I used to trade small caps. I don't anymore because I throw my order out there and then I watch it trade at my price and trade at my price. So I'm offering the stock. Trades at my price or trades close to my price, a sub penny in front of it because the off exchange market makers taking the offer. And then, you know, on the other side, they're hitting the bid So the spread's there, and you can actually make the market be the person trading and be the person with your order out there and not get filled because that off exchange market maker is simply matching your price. So, or giving some type of sub penny price improvement, which they obviously market out um, pretty heavily. So I'd like to see some regulation here. I doubt it happens. I doubt we see anything significant to change it because we've, you know, had these markets, you know, for for for, for a long time now, um, and there's just been nothing done about it. So, you know, right now they're still going to argue that we're getting a better price than the national best bid and offer. That spreads are still tighter than they were 20 years ago, and we have free commissions. So, what are you complaining about? It's a it's a tough argument on the other side. So, I get it. I get both sides of the argument. I do think spreads will get tighter. I do think retail would have a better experience, but there's no data to prove that because they've never done a test pilot to do it. So I doubt that we're just going to see wholesale change here, pun kind of intended. Uh, But if you look at Virtue Financial, VIRT, the stock which I own, is getting hit hard on this. Also Robinhood is getting hit hard on this, that they're worried that they actually might regulate it. So if they do, this was always the risk for Virtue Financial. The stock trades really cheap Got a good dividend. Um, you know, it's got great management. It's a high-frequency trading firm, um, which probably is killing it in the volatile environment that we've been in. But right now, people are worried that you know if they regulate this, that their gravy train will get cut significantly there, and that's why they're hitting the stock. But again, I don't believe that they're going to do anything crazy, and that's why I think I'd actually be a buyer of VIRT on this. And I own it already, so full disclosure, I own in the long-term portfolio. So I'm down in I'm down a lot of long-term investments.
3: I'm just thinking, well, yeah, it's good to talk like this, right? But how the how the heck are you going to do it? Like, yeah, you can do all the talk, and just like you said, I mean, I know you've been involved in some of these test pilot programs and everything, and it's one thing to well, say, well, we've
2: been, I've been yeah. involved in putting commentary out there to words it, but they've never really done a test done pilot anything. on they any. They don't know. They're not going to do anything. They don't like test pilots. They don't want to do test pilots. I mean, they cost a lot of money. They get data and then the data comes in and then they don't, you know, the the interpretation of the data is up for question as well. So, I mean, it's common sense that if you had more competition for those orders, they probably would get a better price. And that's why he's maybe looking at off-exchange auctions or different ways to go about it, just getting competition. Because why should somebody just, you know, get an order routed directly to them and then decide where the price goes. I mean, you know, they're giving price improvement better, but maybe you could get more significant price improvement if you added some competition to it. So, exactly. I mean, I think competition is a good thing. But mm-hmm. again, I'm skeptical that anything drastic will change here. Hey, in
1: America, that's what it's all about, right? Competitive markets, right? We don't want that uh, monopoly style markets. So. Well, and
2: that's what they have in the retail. Exactly. You know, you've got two that's or three what it major is right players that are executing the majority of retail orders so i mean gensler is looking in the right place i think gensler doing a very good job i think he gets it but it's an uphill battle because the argument on the other side is hey if you ban payment for order flow well there goes your zero commissions so i mean everybody likes free trading so i mean that's kind of the give and the take right but i mean he's looking at different alternatives here maybe an off exchange auction you know for Multiple off exchange market makers get involved to get better price improvement, which is an interesting concept. I mean, a lot of things are interesting. Let's see, you know, what comes about it. But those just hammering virtue on this, thinking, oh, this is the end of virtue, I don't think so. Doug Sifu, very smart person, sell Arnix over at virtue now as yep. well. Um, they're smart people. I don't think this is the end of
3: virtue financial uh hood uh back down uh just down to a couple pennies right back down to the low of the wow right back down to the old time low huh that uh, that rally didn't last long and robin hood uh i don't know can't remember why it went to 16 and
2: it's going down because of this Gensler stuff here too so the so this is a binary event if they have something that you know if they comes out today and he's not attacking payment for order flow I'd expect a relief pop in robin hood comes on fully attacking payment for order flow, and we're starting to go down that road again here. Um, obviously, this could go down, but I think I'm, I'd be ten. I'd be more inclined to buy it here because I just think it's not going to be all about payment for order flow here. They're going to have a hard time banning payment for order flow. They're going to have a real hard time with it because it's the reason that we have zero commissions. So I don't think that there's going to be that. So I think if you know people have been hammering Robinhood ahead of this, I actually think it might be a buying opportunity for H O O D.
1: All right, let's go ahead. Let's keep it going here. Let's go into DocuSign as shares rallied this morning after the electronic signature technology company announced an expanded global partnership with Microsoft. The deal enhanced the integration of DocuSign's technology into Microsoft software applications. So, what are you guys seeing on the Docu chart?
3: I would have went bid through 88. For sure. Look at that. I, that line was in there yesterday. Now up three eighty one, ninety-four fifty uh yeah, ninety-one fifty-five. I'll just say it's a good thing. Next daily high, I mean you better you better make a run here to ninety six twenty. Um, or else I think you got a little bit of a fade. But I mean, it's good news. A partnership with Microsoft can't be a bad thing. It's just is it immediately worth, you know, four bucks in the stock? Er, I'd maybe ring the register if I if I had it.
2: Um, One thing to consider, it does report earnings tomorrow night, too. Yeah, so that's right. You're getting yeah. a run up into the earnings, obviously earnings. So we got a binary event that's going to happen there, too. It's going to be good or bad. Again, it falls into that description, though, of the growthy nosebleed bleep valuation stocks that are back in favor all of a sudden. So it's not surprising this has held up. Could this see a hundred bucks after earnings? Absolutely, it could. Um, there is some major resistance up there, though. So, I mean, if you're chasing it here, you got to just be aware it's going to have earnings tomorrow night, and that's going to move the stock in one direction or another.
1: All right, let's keep it going here. I got a lot to go through. So, let's go into Novavax after a rising 21% after hours as their COVID vaccine endorsed by the FDA approval panel. Oh. And then uh, we're also. Right. We'll also talk uh, about Moderna after this, but let's get into Novavax first.
2: Okay, let's rewind the tape to yesterday. Yesterday. So I've been wrong, and I'm having a bad day of being wrong on a lot of things today. This one I absolutely got correct. Um, Yesterday I said, if this thing has a significant pop, I think that pop will be faded. And this is exactly what has occurred. We've had the significant pop overnight. It got to $59, and the sellers are coming in. Again, I'm going to reiterate what I said yesterday. They are way too late with this vaccine. This is not going to be a game changer. We already have the Moderna. Yes, it's done a little bit differently. So their hope is that the people who wouldn't get the shot, because this is an mRNA technology, the people that wouldn't get the shot from Pfizer or Moderna will get the shot from Novavax. I'm skeptical of that. I think the people who weren't, aren't getting the shot aren't getting the shot. So I don't think you're going to have all these people lining up to come get a Novavax shot here now. They needed to get this this, this vaccine out a year ago when Moderna and Pfizer and BioNTech took advantage of the gravy train. That gravy train is over. Um, People now are skeptical that the shot is even helping. I mean, I think it helps, but, you know, obviously there's a lot of people that are skeptical of that. I don't think that this is going to, you know, there was a guy down was saying he thought the stock could triple in price. I will absolutely take the other really? side of that trade. That's why he said it was 56 last night. Um, I will absolutely take the other side of that trade. Too much, yeah. I don't, yeah. Think, I don't yeah. think this is the case. I think we've already had the COVID bubble for all of these stocks, and I'd actually be a seller of all rallies in this. It's $59 now. I have no position in it, um, but, you know, it's from 59 this morning or last night down to 51 i think the sell-off is justified from where it was last night i oh, did not yeah. think the rally was justified at all
3: there there is there is a segment of the population that has been waiting for this uh based on the whatever the ingredients and the uh care you know that goes into it so i i i you know that is a valid point but i mean come on man when, when did pfizer come out with theirs november of 20 and now you're it's so late. Man. Yeah, it's just, you know, way
2: too late to the party. Yeah,
3: I, I agree. And, and then also you got people stuck in this thing. And, and people, first of all, Everyone. The people first of all, people, there are a lot of people that just played this for the reaction, right? They were buying two days ago. They're buying yesterday. And they're like, if this gets approved, it gets anywhere over 55. I'm selling. I'm selling. And then they, they sold, you know, they, they took a, you know, they took a, yep. they took a flyer on it. So yep. they don't care. They don't care about you people that own this at 60 or 65 or 70 or 390. They don't care about you. 331.68 is the all-time high. They're just in it for a trade. They're done. They move on. Boom. I'm out. I'm done. Wow. That was an easy trade. And then, boom, they're out. It would not
2: surprise me if this stock actually went red. It would not surprise me. That would be such bad news for this stock if it went red. I mean, this is as good a news as you can get for this stock, and it just gave back two-thirds of the gains, which we predicted on this show yesterday. So I I just don't – they're too late, Joel. It's just – they're too late. Mitch, what are you saying?
1: We we got some supporting news today, at least. uh, I don't know if this is going to help or hurt it, but let's talk about Moderna. Moderna announcing today Omicron containing bivalent booster candidate. Um, It's demonstrating – demonstrating superior antibody response against Omicron. So you guys are seeing Moderna up on this news. Uh, I'm just wondering, does this does good news for Moderna's Omicron kind of vaccine, does that help NVAX no. or does that hurt it?
2: No, and Moderna's now turned red on it too here. So this is a nothing burger headline in my opinion. I mean, again, no. it's good news that it's working against, you know, but but from a, from a trader's perspective here, Traders aren't even looking at COVID anymore. I mean, they're not looking at it as a problem anymore. At least in, maybe in China, they're looking at it as a problem. In North America, people and traders are not looking at as COVID as a problem. You're not hearing it at the top of the news. Remember a year ago, it's the top of the news, COVID, 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 COVID. Now the top of the news, you know, is, well inflation. Inflation is really what it is. in the business news is inflation. That's the bigger problem. We're dealing with the repercussions from the pandemic, but the pandemic in itself is really no longer a pandemic anymore. I mean the people who are getting Omicron, the majority of those people are getting better. You know, I feel very bad, obviously, if somebody has a bad outcome, there has been some bad outcomes. I still got vaccinated. I got my kids vaccinated. You know, I think it does help, but again, I don't you know I know lots of people that didn't get vaccinated though and had an okay time with it too. I don't personally know anybody that died, thank goodness. I don't I personally don't know anybody that died from COVID though. And I know a lot of people that had yeah it.
1: they did.
3: They so, uh, Roku you know, that's the back goodness. under a hundred. That's good. News. Yep, Roku back under hundred here. Uh, I'm seeing last print at ninety eight eighty. So uh, being faded right now. Good volume though, but uh, you might have missed your chance to sell that in triple digits. Hey Mitch, are you by a hospital or something? He's got lock I a lock on the background
1: there. I, I guess there's, uh emergencies out there, and when the dogs <laughs> go barking, the dogs go barking. But <laughs> speaking of dogs. <laughs> Speaking of dogs, let's go to Chinese stocks. Um, Hong Kong's Hang <laughs> Seng Tech Index today uh, advancing after 60 new video game approvals, encouraging the view that China is loosening on the crackdown on internet firms. Let's go ahead and definitely pay attention to that. I think it's an important news as you're starting to see better news catalysts starting to flow out of China. What are you guys thinking about this?
2: There is um, just but like, and Joel, you were saying this earlier, this market is looking for good news. It keeps yeah. finding it. And it's the silver lining market here again. Um, and that's why this will be very interesting with the CPI report. And if we show anything of a soft number, we could really get a rip your a rip your face off rally. I have, I brought my now cash position down in my long-term account to 40%. So I'm starting to put more cash to work. I'm not going to go down, you know, like to all in on this market because there's a lot of unknowns, but I am still nibbling. I actually bought, which, you know, I've <laughs> I've had, but I bought some more cues. So I'm like literally just nibbling. Nibbling. Nibbling on, you know, good companies, reasonable valuations. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, not so much being rewarded yet, but hoping to be rewarded longer term. But I mean, we look at the Chinese stocks, Alibaba, we put a basically, you know, a multiple bottom in the low 80s. And now for the last 10 days, we've been going straight up. So you start thinking, could Alibaba see 120 again? It could. I mean, exactly. some of these Chinese stocks have very reasonable valuations. It's always just been, you know, we've been skeptical on how much you can trust the numbers, so, and what's coming over there. And then the whole macro picture of China, you know, locking down because they get two COVID cases, you know, the Taiwan situation. There is some unknowns there. So I still stay away from China for that reason. But you can't argue with the technicals here. They're looking a lot more healthy on a lot of these names. And the growth stocks, the kathy type names, and China stocks are kind of correlated together too. Baidu, we're $150. we are $100, $101 in Baidu three weeks ago, four weeks ago. And now we're 150 so this is just a quiet 50% rally in Baidu there. JD, similar, not quite as extreme of a rally, but coming off and starting to look healthy here.
3: So right now,
2: China looking better.
3: Yeah, and uh, you know, it's hard to give tactical. I mean, you gotta if you wanna play these things, you gotta be in it to win it, man. You gotta put it on. At the close, I don't know if you can if there's enough liquidity to hedge with the FXI. Is there, Dennis? Is there any like oh, if yeah. you wanted to, Yeah, how you
2: yeah, I mean, I do be- the FXI? There, so if yeah. you're, if you're interest, interested you in just the ETFs, China's FXI is one of your straight up China ones. You can go KWEB if you want like the Babas, the, the Baidu's, the yep. Tencent's, like the more internet focus of it. Uh, but then if you just want coverage over Asia, you can go with the EEM or the VWO. Those are very liquid uh, ETFs. And obviously, you know, th- those are you know ways to play it as well. So MCHI is another one in China as well. So lots of different ways from an ETF perspective if you just want coverage across Asia or China.
3: But I'm also talking about, like, you know, if you got it, you know, like, you want to flip a coin whether China's going to come out with good news or bad news on the, uh, you know, on the, uh, you know, on the sector, right? And so you take a little Baba home, you know, that's up four percent, and then what the K Web? What's that? I'm just looking for some kind of uh... up three
2: percent. K Web yes. moves very well with Baba.
3: So there you go. So yeah, you could have had the whole four percent if you had the the Baba. But if you would have done the spread, I'm just, you know, I don't know about. I I do. I hedge
2: myself lots of times.
3: I know. I know you do, Dennis. I'm just trying to explain to people that there's what I'm trying to say is like the technicals are tough for me to do. Like when I see this K web high here, I'm like, okay, you know, and I look at this Baba high. I'm thinking I missed it. You know, sometimes it's wrong. You know, maybe it needs to get, you know, maybe it can get back up to one eleven. I don't know, but it like that four AM pop. I, you know, is what I'm saying? That's when you get the prices. So that's what I meant by taking it home and using a potential hedge.
1: All right, let's keep it going here. Let's talk really quickly before we get we're, to Ryan we're leaking here. Yeah, I just want are. to say we're leaking a, a big little time. leak,
3: a little leakage. Yeah, yeah. Did we going. um? Did we have any uh? Uh, I don't no see any news right now. At 8, it's just, uh, it's not a, a pounding. Wow. What a trading range here. And I, I didn't, uh, we didn't, I didn't go on this much at the top of the show, but uh, yesterday, right? Oh, the market was down. Then we get targeted and look at that. We got right down. We couldn't get to my bid here at last week's low, right? We have a rally and then it starts at the end of the day. And I'm like, yeah, this can get to Monday's high and boom, it stops four points of Monday's high. And now, I mean, this market's waiting on Friday, and this is a trading range. You know what, you know, trading range, this is either a consolidation to get a good number on Friday, bust over 4,200, or boom, take out the lows from last week. And I don't want to say the low of the move at 3,807.50, but we're winding up here really nicely for a big move, and I think it's going to be predicated and uh, what comes out of that CPI? I mean, I'm not thinking, I'm, I'm no genius, but what comes out of that CPI data?
2: One thing to 100%. consider, and Spinner's correct to look at this, is the TLT continues to get oh. whacked here. And we are very close, perilously close to the 52-week low in the TLT. So we know bonds have taken it on the chin this year. It's been one of the worst years, one of the worst starts for the years in the bonds in decades. And they continue to... You know, which which makes sense. I mean, it made logical sense. If interest rates are going to go up as fast as we've taken them up in a long time, bonds are going to get killed. So people ignored that. That we knew was coming, but people ignored it all the way to the end of twenty twenty one and into the beginning of twenty twenty two. And now they're not ignoring it here. So you you do think, like, I know the inverse correlation exists there with the TLT and the banks, but the banks just don't want to find a way to rally either. The banks have the You know, obviously higher interest rates help the banks, but higher, you know, the higher short term rates help the banks. But I mean, the biggest issue that we still have here is that. People are worried about a recession. And if the you do
3: TLT, that Matt, hurts the banks. Matt, the TLT is uh is the 20-year treasury bond ETF, and that basically mimics the uh the futures, uh, the 30-year futures bond at, uh, that's traded at the Board of Trade, probably one of the heaviest volume contracts. And it's it's basically, you know, <laughs> you know opposite of interest rates. Interest rates go up, this TLT bonds go down. And uh vice versa. And you can see that the heyday we had during uh that was March of two twenty. But it it's just a it affects your bank stocks, it affects um you know, uh, you know, everything is interest rate sensitive. So that's what the, the TLT is. So, all right. it is. And, and the
2: yield stocks, you know, typically a REITs will, you know, follow that. But again, we've seen this decoupling here where stocks are, you know, doing their own thing. But the TLT starts to break down and make new lows. It'll spook the markets too. So Spinner, correct. Keep a good eye on the TLT. You don't want to see that make a new 52-week low.
3: You know what? We need some stats. We need some stats and we got the stat man here. That's Ryan, Ryan Dietrich, chief market strategist at LPL. I might even have um, Mitch make up a video, uh, you know, an intro video for the stat we need man. That. Where's the stat man?
4: The
1: stat <laughs> hey
3: <guys>. man.
4: Yeah. <laughs> Good morning. Yeah. I need like an intro song or something. I We're like going to get you an intro song. Oh, and you I know like,
3: what? Like I already it. have the song. What's that?
5: Hopefully this is the last time you hear this ad because with chime checking account, Take more control of your finances and say goodbye to monthly fees. Open your account in minutes at chime.com slash goals 24. That's chime.com slash goals 24. Chime feels like progress. Banking services and debit card provided by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Spot me eligibility requirements and overdraft limits apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to chime.com disclosures for details. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger
0: app.
3: Yeah. Like yeah. Ted Nugent.
5: Oh, yeah. yeah. We
3: could do it, Statman do. And yeah. then to play Ted Nugent in the background and then have you come swinging from a rope. Yeah. You know Ted Nugent? <laughs> do you ever see him do oh, that? Yeah.
4: Motor City Madman. I, mean, I was thinking more like the Ultimate Warrior when he like grabs the the the, the ring and everything and starts shaking it. You know, I don't, I've never had an
2: intro <laughs> <like that> before. Dan, <laughs> dan,
3: uh, All right, the show is <laughs> picking up now. I was like, Ryan's like Warrior, oh man, right? why would I come on today? Okay, Ryan, what do you got for us?
4: Let me see here. I've i got. Uh, let's see if I can share my screen. Hopefully, technology works. Here we go, guys. Well, first off, thanks for having me. You know, I know I've got about ten minutes or so. Gotta go talk to her yep. advisors here at eight forty-five. So let's just dive into it. I love the discussion you guys just had about, you know, some of the strength of seeing tech, which is true, and clearly the weakness we've had in in bonds. But, you know, I, I want to so show maybe there's some hope, right? I mean, obviously, I know a lot of people listening to the show are more short-term traders. I'm a little more bigger macro view, but I just want to point out this. Hopefully you see the screen. Um, you know, these are the five worst starts to year ever. This was the fourth worst start as of day one hundred, which was recent. You can see the rest of the year returns. It is what it is, right? Up nineteen percent on average. So just try to maybe try to bring some potential good news here. And this is stuff that I've talked about before others. Is this normal, right? The average year sees a 14% correction. We've seen a 19%, 20% intraday on S&P. And I know different parts of the market have pulled back more. When you go back in history, guys, we've seen you know pullbacks after a year like last year with only a 5% correction all year, 30% gain. I'm going to share some other charts here about midterm charts. It kind of made sense. We'd see some volatility this year. LPL Research was on record as saying a 10 to 15% correction was very likely. That we think it'd be quite this bad this early no we, we we did not but again this this kind of makes sense and in, in the last 40 uh, 42 years 21 of them have seen a 10% correction at least one point during the year 12 of those, so that's more than half of them, have actually come back to finish positive. So I think what's the S&P down? 13 14% for the year. You know, it's the old Jim Carrey quote. We're saying there is a chance that maybe, you know, because this, the destruction happens so early, we could come back. Um, briefly on bear markets, I think this is fascinating. If you're not in a recession, the, it's actually not that fascinating. It's probably obvious. If you're not in a recession... Bear markets don't usually do as poorly, all right? Like 24% on average if you're not in recession. We still don't see a recession. I get a lot of the worries that are out there, but we just don't. I mean, I travel a lot. I was in Nashville yesterday. Tell Nashville it's a recession, all right? I mean, it, it, it doesn't feel like a recession out there. And and just think about this. In 19, let me look, 1976, 1998, 11, and 18, all those years saw 19% corrections on the S&P before we bought them. We just had a 19 percenter. You know, history and not repeat itself, but it often rhymes, said Mark Twain. Kind of interesting. And I want to, po- we'll skip this one. I just want to spend a couple minutes on midterms and we can, you know, maybe talk a little bit. Talk about Ohio State football, Michigan football, whatever you want to talk about. Midterm years, we knew coming into the year were rough. And I've talked about this before, but the average midterm year pulls back 17%. We knew that coming into the year. The good news, a year later, you're up over 32% on average. A couple more things quickly on midterms. <laughs> four-year cycle, you break it down. These quarters we're in now and last quarter and next quarter are terrible quarters historically. We knew that about this year coming into this year. So again, Maybe this weakness isn't totally surprising. I just point out the fact. Remember Dave Portnoy guys and he was doing his crazy stuff? He looked out the window and saw a deer and bought deer, and then it went up. Remember? I mean, like he was literally playing Scrabble, you know, picking stocks. We all remember this stuff. Yeah, crazy, yep. hilarious. But talk about the market's not that easy. It was due for some pain, and you see that stuff. Amazing. Two more charts so we can talk. Midterm years. If you buy the midterm election, whenever it is, that first Tuesday of November, which is coming up, obviously. Since World War II, stocks have never been lower a year later. Never been lower a year later. That's if you buy in November. So I'm aware we're not there yet, but just something for investors to pay attention to. The average is like 14% return a year after the midterm election. So seasonality right now is no favorites, play no favorites, but we're getting there. And then this, uh, the average year loses, I'm sorry, the average midterm year election. All right, with midterm election. The first president, it is what it is. Don't get mad at me here. It is what it is. Loses about thirty seats in the house. All right, we know that the motivated party tends to win a little more seats. If that happens, right, you still have a Democratic president. Probably Republicans take the House. Maybe they take the Senate. Probably by one or two seats is what it's looking like. Take a wild guess what the very best scenario is for stocks historically a Democratic president with both chambers of Congress, Republicans. So markets sniff this stuff out. They kind of sense it coming. And again, I know there's sample size issues, and you can point flaws with what I'm sharing right here. But I just think it's important to note that, you know, that is the strongest scenario and is likely the one that we're going to see uh, this coming November when the election's over. All right, guys, that's my opening comments. What do you want to talk about?
2: That, that was a lot of information.
4: To I threw it in there, man. I know I was like heard. a six-week
3: course. Here.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah. There, there, it really was. Yeah. I mean, there you go. That's what Ryan Dietrich's all about here, though. So I think you're trying to tell me that we got a chance here that, hey, there may be a chance, to an opportunity to buy some stocks here. Uh, I
4: think so. And
2: you know, I was hoping you'd give me a
4: curveball or an easy one like that. Just check this out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we had a 6% gain two weeks ago. I know we remember. We had a seven-week losing streak coming into it. Historically, one of the longest losing streaks ever. And how I know you guys have talked about this. China goes on lockdown. We have a seven-week losing streak. China's out of lockdown. All of a sudden, markets are doing a little bit better. I don't know if that's coincidental or not, but I don't think so. I think it's also the Johnny Depp trial. Isn't it amazing? Johnny Depp trial and China started at the same time and they ended the same time. So you can't make that up. But when you look historically at 6% weekly rallies, again, it is what it is. I'm sharing it on the screen here, up over 20% a year later, 22% a year later, I guess. You know, Higher, know, is it 19 out of 23 times. Because yeah, markets are usually getting killed. And that's when that bounce happens. So that's kind of important. And the one other thing I'll point out here seven week losing streaks are super rare only happened a handful of times checking out on the screen here 1970 1980 seven week losing streaks a year later up 30 on average that's not too bad but the one that didn't work was 2001 9 11 recession things did pretty terribly a year after that so again is it as simple as if we go into recession or not things could be a good deal higher six to twelve months from now i do all these numbers we think that's the case and again things are slowing yes on the economic front but we still just don't see recession. So investors, you know, who knows? It could be a little more pain. Your average midterm, you're done bottom until the middle of August. Your median midterm, you're done bottom until early September. So trust me, we're not out of the woods by any means, but I think it's the time for investors to be using them as an opportunity for likely good deal, higher prices 12 months from now, if we get to do this again.
3: or now, we I, this again. I know you're a lot about the stats. We just, mm-hmm. I want to throw a quick question here. I know we're up against the clock. Uh, I mean, yes. are, are you putting too much emphasis on, on what's coming out of the Fed next week and it's in, packed or all about the Friday CPI data.
4: Yeah, we'd say it's all about CPI data right now. I mean, the Fed's kind of in a tight spot. We know, and and I yeah, mean, you, you look at used car prices coming down, fertilizer fertilizer prices coming down, shipping costs coming down. There are—is it light at the end of the tunnel or a train coming at you? We think it's it is light at the end of the tunnel with some of this inflation data that's saying, hey, we could be there. Our chief economist thinks we've hit a peak in goods inflation. Not a shock—we all bought everything during the pandemic. Services inflation likely a peak a month or so from now, but overall inflation is probably there in our opinion, and that is probably that one thing that can kick off. The second half of your rally just some confidence i mean what targets say right probably the last thing i can talk about here target said hey we got a lot of stuff we got to start lowering prices so we can't sell it market sold off initially and said you know what maybe that's not so bad because they're going to start lowering stuff finally some def- disinflationary deflationary pressures taken over I and mean, it's not great for target or retailers but hey it's a sign that maybe prices are going to finally start to go lower because of all the inventory so it's it's a big mess out there but sometimes a mess and lower volatile i'm sorry lower expectations like we're seeing that can lead to um, you know, potentially higher prices. And it does start, we agree, with some positive news on inflation. Okay.
3: It, it was it was cat scratch fever that I was thinking of. man, oh, okay. yeah, yeah, right. I, I stand corrected. Okay. You're yeah. moving up. You're in the top three for most well-prepared guests. That's Ryan Dietrich. <laughs> He's chief market strategist at LPL, bringing it on pre-market prep. Thanks, Ryan. That was fantastic. Go got, to guys- work, man. Go get paid, buddy. <laughs>
2: All right, we will. See you guys. See you next time. Bye-bye. Thank, Thank you. See you, Ryan. So many stats. So many great <laughs> stats. I mean, and it gives you perspective here. And, you know, it's great, to hear, it's great to hear the bull case and the bear case. I mean, you as a trader need to, you know, make your decisions. A lot of people say I'm bearish, which I definitely have been for a while here now. But you can feel that, you know, I've started, like I've been saying, I was 52, 53% cash line. before. I'm down to 40. So I'm starting to nibble here, meaning that a lot of bad news is priced into stocks. We have had the correction. I was absolutely correct to raise a lot of cash at the end of the year last year. I was absolutely correct to be bearish stocks coming into this year. I'm starting to feel like I need to not be as bearish. I'm not full-on bullish yet, but I need to start weaning myself off the bear train a little bit because a lot of bad news is priced into stocks. We went down. We've had a serious correction in a lot of stocks. And deservedly so, it had to happen. But you know, at a certain point in time, stocks stop going down. They don't go down forever. So, is this the is this the bottom? Did we? I, I think we kind of on ARKK already had the bottom. I think I called it May twelfth when I tweeted out at nine forty. I was like, it felt like capitulation. So we've had the short term bottom. Is it the bottom? We don't know the answer to that question. But is it a bottom? Absolutely. May twelfth on ARKK was a bottom. So. Can you come in here and safely buy stocks now? It's hard to say, but I like the consolidation. I mean, you look at these growth names. We've been in consolidation for the better part of May and the beginning part of June. It gives you a chance to, like, take a shot. We start to break down, you get out. So it's all just risk-reward.
1: Yeah, my biggest thing is, uh, of course, CPI data is just going to have that literally both ways, right? Uh, I I think, you know, if you get a horrible CPI data, then... Boom, yep.
2: there goes that bottom. That's all that matters. Um, so, That's all yeah, that matters, so. Mitch. It's all about Friday. And what did we yeah. say at the beginning of the week? We said we were going to see a lot of chop ahead of this. That is all that we have seen the first two and a half days here is chop. You know, Monday, we rallied a little bit, sold off. Then yesterday, we sold off, and then we rallied. I think we continue to chop around until we get that information because the real big money managers out there want to see that the Fed's plan is working. And we need to see that in Friday's data. If we don't see that, if we see inflation ticking higher, then Katie bar the door, we're going to have a whole world of pain. But if we see some improvement, if we come in lighter than estimates on the CPI, you could have a rip your face off rally off of that. So I think that I'm at a point where I don't want to be full on bear because if we come on, and we actually show some improvement there, I don't want to be left holding a bunch of cash. So, I mean, I've got to have some put to work. So I think I'm kind of market neutral here where I've been very bearish, 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 bearish. I'm kind of feeling more market neutral now where I don't want to go on full, bull and all in, but I don't want to be full, bear and all cash. So I'm kind of market neutral right now. Let's see what happens on Friday. And that will dictate the course of the moves for the next few weeks.
1: All right, let's go ahead, let's get into here. Let's talk a little bit about some earnings here. Let's go into Campbell's. Uh, Campbell here, EPS 70 cents, beating the 61 cent estimate. Sales were at 2.13 billion, beating the 2.05 billion estimate. So Campbell's soup, a beat and a beat here. Um, how, how's it looking this morning, Joel? Uh-
3: I was going to say, I was going to get mad at Dennis because I kept on trying to say something and he just kept on going. And he kept, I'm like, I'm, I want to say something. What do you want to say? Then, what do you want to say? And then I look and it's like, mute. I'm on mute. <laughs> oh,
2: it's <so laughs> so an You were trying so it, to interrupt
4: me, and you couldn't I, even
3: interrupt me. I couldn't me. even interrupt. I'm like, man, he is really on a roll today. I can't, I've tried like three times to interrupt him, and he just runs me over. Uh, just uh, a couple things here. Uh, just Ryan, you know, like the, the eyeball test, that's why I'm kind of in the neutral mode, too. And I like that uh, that, that comment he made about Portnoy. And, you know, he saw a deer, He went out and bought deer. That's not going to be the kind of market that we're going to have back on the way up. It's yeah. going to be more zigging and zagging yeah. uh, from what you've seen. And then uh, I just bring it up to spy chart. Dennis. I mean, you're neutral. Look what the spider's doing. Like, how it's can neutral you, too. how could you, how can you sit there? You know, well, look at this one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight sessions, in, in, in a trading range. So uh, let's go to the Campbell's soup numbers. And I know Dennis has an opinion on this one too.
2: Yes, I do. All
3: um, right, just, give me the numbers. So,
2: you the num- Oh, you yeah, know, Mitch just did. Mitch gave us the numbers. Okay. Uh, so what I, what I found interesting, and I'm fully out of the trade now. I had a trade on this, so um, I'm out of the trade now, so I can freely comment on it. What I found interesting was, you know, the raised guidance, raised guidance. And if you go and you dig down into the raised guidance, they raised their sales guidance from minus 1% to 0% to 0% to 1%. <laughs> they literally raised at 1%. And that's the big raised guidance that everybody's talking about from Campbell's soup here today. So I think when, you know, it was rallying up to 49, that's just Algo's reading raised guidance, Bye bye bye, And it's like, they didn't raise guidance very much um so i think coming back in here makes a heck of a lot more sense to me now again i'm fully out of the trade so i can freely talk about it here um but you know up two percent kind of makes sense when campbell's was up five this morning i felt like that was dumb money
3: and kind of with campbell's like there's some stocks that like when i automatically see up two bucks on like four thousand shares i'm like you know who's, who's buying this thing up two bucks on i don't care what you know i you know i don't care if campbell's soup you know, cures COVID. I mean, it's just, it makes these moves and then it, it, uh, it, it reverses. So uh, will we get to the, I'll just give you one number top of yesterday's range, 46, 64. That's a buck away. Uh, that's the first place I would have a bid out mm-hmm. there. The high was right near there. And then on the dailies, I mean, you're going to have a tussle at 48. Look at all those highs. One, two, three, four, five highs right around 48.
1: All right, let's go to the next earnings of the on the day Ollie bargain outlet. I actually uh, just kind of give some insight. I actually went to an Ollie's this weekend. Uh, there was one close by. Um, yeah, and it, it, it seemed a little bit busier, you know, um, but their earnings not showing it here. Uh, adjusted EPS missing here at 20 cents. Estimates were at 30 cents. Um, and the sales were at 406.7 million, missing the 417.24 million estimates. So, uh, missing a miss there for Ollie. And I mean, in an inflationary environment where prices are going up, you would think that the Dollar Tree stores and these bargain outlet stores would be doing well but doesn't seem like they are right now
2: well dollar general is doing very well and dollar treated well in their report so you automatically would think that all these would do well as, as as well mitch but not the case yeah. here for olli they bought this ahead of the report too so absolutely leaning the wrong way the market uh buying it up ahead of the report yesterday and now it gets hit so yesterday's low 46.94 that would be my first area of support i think if i was sure that's where i'd bring it in uh, if you're looking to get long, I think I'd wait a day and just see how they digest this because the one thing to consider is that your, your point, that Dollar Tree, Dollar General are pretty good. Ollie's not that good. makes me like, okay, well, what's wrong here? So I'm skeptical. So I'll just stay away. And Obviously, there could be some dip buyers that come in here. Maybe they're going to shrug it off. Maybe the devil's in the details. I'm just skeptical. So I'm staying away.
3: Nick, it's not... Uh, um... Chicken, uh, Campbell chicken soup that's good for colds. It's matzo ball soup. He's telling me about about Campbell's soup, Ollie. I don't have much an opinion on this one. Uh, 48.50 is really in the middle of nowhere. I guess if you regret not buying this ahead of the report, then maybe you get a look at 46.94. That was yesterday's low, so silly number probably be good resistance at the close of fifty ninety nine since 99 since that's everyone bought it ahead of the report and that's $2.49 away.
1: Alright, let's keep it going. We got more news to go through. How much can I get through before 9am? Let's go. Smash that like button. Let's get this on up, guys. Spirit Airlines shareholder meeting postponed until June 30th as they continue deal talks postponing here. Uh, Frontier and of course JetBlue Air airways battling here a spirit announcement came two days after JetBlue sweetened its offer for its discount airlines uh the battle's on here for spirit airlines what are you guys thinking
2: it's so interesting that you know the battle was on when this thing was 27 28 and then it went down to 16 bucks and the battle was still on to buy this thing so the opportunity was they were throwing the baby out with the bathwater when they were hitting this in mid-may and knocking all the way down to $16 with two potential buyers on the table was a gift. It's come back up. It's back at 22 and a half. Obviously, you know, Jet Blue has talked about over 32, I think it was $32 a potential bid there. We know that that would face major antitrust scrutiny if that was to be put through and then there's the obviously the other deal on the table too. So, I don't know how this story ends. I think on pullbacks, you know, say was back down at $19 or $20 I'd get interested, but it's kind of run here now.
3: You know, I there's been so much back and forth that, you know, and going on with this and uh, much higher price. I mean, you know what I have to say to all these airlines, hire some pilots. Don't worry about taking I mean, maybe if you're doing a consolidate and get more pilots, but focus on that. I mean, I don't know. No, no opinion way away from the takeout price. Obviously, a lot of a lot of skepticism.
1: All right, let's keep it going. I got one more here. WDC Western Digital saying it's reviewing strategic alternatives after activist investor Elliott Management, which owns 6% of Western Digital, is trying to talk to them about splitting its flash memory and disk drive businesses here. Uh, So WDC up on this news.
2: Oh man, the stock is a tough one too. I mean the chips have been getting hit here. Um this has actually been resilient and been holding up a lot better. I own Micron, which it's at the same price I bought it basically, but it's been chopped around so much. Um, I don't know what to say. I think elliot's in there, they're doing some stuff. Maybe they're gonna split this company up, maybe it's gonna rally up, but Stocks not cheap either. I don't know. I'm I'm just on the fence on
3: WPC. Yeah, I mean, he's talking a good game. I you know, uh, it's already had a huge, not a huge, a good appreciation uh, since he came out with this plan. He says it's worth like a hundred bucks. So if you split the two companies, so if you believe that, you know, buy the stock. If they, the, here here's where your downside is. It's like, well, yeah, we reviewed his uh, strategic, and we think it's stupid. And we're not doing it.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that I happens. Mean,
3: yeah. So, I mean, they're reviewing it, but there, there's no no guarantee that it's going to go through. So, don't mm-hmm. like, yeah, your risk is, uh, you know, your risk is, a, when did he start pumping this thing? It must have been that gap at 54. He was probably buying it from 46 to 54. Puts the news out, goes from 54 to 63. And now he's he's banking on them, uh uh, taking his whatever ideas to split the
2: company. I'd rather see the company rather than split up. Is like figure out a way to reinstate that dividend. They killed the dividend quite a while ago, and they never reinstated it. Yeah, I don't know if wow. there's a plan to reinstate it or not. But you know, obviously, you know, the stock has bounced back. And, you know, sentiment has turned. You know, maybe profitability has turned as well. I'm not following close enough to know that. Um, but you know, I'm, that's what I would like to see. I'd like to see a reinstatement of the dividend.
1: All right. Last thing I'll do is let's do a little bit of a deeper dive conversation before I get uh, to go over to pre-market prep. Plus, if you guys want to get into some tickers with Joe Alcon and of course,
3: uh, Great. Turn yesterday. Today. I just want to say, man, we, uh, we had some technical problems, uh, with our pre-market uh, at the close and <laughs> it just us at the last second, we switched over to pre-market and all the boys showed up. Uh, nice. Well, I love to it, hear. Yeah, they. It was. It was great. They were. They were going at me. It was hard to talk for 25 minutes straight, but um, I've learned from the best, so it wasn't. <laughs> <too> <laughs> <laughs> I had the one long Which,
2: run-on sentence.
3: Let, let's go with
1: the. No deep worries. Dive. Let's talk about housing. Let's talk about housing. The average The average contract interest rate for the 30-year fixed mortgages, uh, moving up here, increased from 5.4. Uh, from 5.33, and the applications for a mortgage to purchase a home fell 7% for the week, and were down 21% lower than the same week one year ago. So definitely housing slowing up here. Um, well, you could throw some charts or w- whichever yeah. kind of stock you yeah. want to take a look at, but definitely. What are you guys thinking about housing?
2: Well, again, I've given thoughts on this for a while, and obviously building a house, I know how expensive everything has gotten. And the housing stocks have been killed for you know quite a while here. They were definitely value traps at the top. They've come off, they've priced in a lot of bad news. That's the good thing. The bad thing is I still don't think there's a hell of a lot of people, you know, gonna be going out to build a house with the prices of everything. I mean, the average house, you know, and I think you know, the average house cost to build is up 40, 50 percent. In basically two years. So I mean, it's expensive. So I think if we are slowing down, if you think we're gonna slow down, if the Fed's plan works, housing still takes a hit. So it's been a nice rally for some of these housing stocks just recently off of the lows. But I still have trouble getting on. I'd rather own some other stuff than housing. It's a tough environment for housing still.
3: Uh, I wish I would have looked this up before. What did we what did we have? David Trainer on, uh, and he was talking about he said this, he said this on the show. And it was a couple of weeks ago. And uh, oh, I'm in the snap mode. I want to get out of that. He said that uh, this was after the earnings, that DHI was priced as if future profits are going to fall 70%. 70%. That is, and I think it was back in this area when he said that. Um, my view, my overall view, on, I mean, obviously higher interest rates. And this is just painting this with a really broad stroke. We need new housing. We need different kind of housing. Is it going to be these big, you know, mansions and behemoths and things like that? I just think like the there's smaller families now. There's, you know, the, maybe the colonials are not what they so I think that there there's going to be a transition and I think there's a need for new housing. I don't think it's like, you know, you're going to get rich buying these housing stocks, but I would I think it I'll focus the ones that are more on, you know, the median income you know the lower price homes and kind of replenish that housing feel for smaller people. So, or, or not smaller people, but smaller families. So that's just painting the uh the entire housing sector. And um, as opposed to investing in in stocks over the last year, I've I've got involved in um, some housing real estate projects that I'm that I'm pretty uh, pretty comfortable with. I mean, I'm looking at five ten year you know time horizon on it, but. You know, that's that's where I put some some money to work. Not necessarily in DHI, but I'm comfortable with that.
2: There's still real estate in certain areas where they're, you know, obviously different markets have come off and some markets haven't come off at all. I mean, Ontario, I believe they tell me the stats, average house price down about 10%. But when you look at it, you're like, oh man, that's bad. But yeah, the average house price in three years is up 100% Ontario. So you're, you, you got to yeah. give a perspective in some areas. Um. obviously housing prices didn't increase that much, so they're not going to be as, you know, as, as, as
3: I got to hop. Part. I'm going to go talk to uh, Wednesday with Wedbush, uh, Moshi uh, Moshi Katri. He's going to talk about uh, payment stocks. So uh, join oh, me nice. over there on there. Wedbush Pre- on, on
2: Wednesdays Pre- with Joel, premarketprep.com.
3: All right. Thanks, guys.
1: All right. There you go. We'll start wrapping on up here. Like always, we'll definitely pay attention to see what goes on in the market today. Yesterday, so we got a little bounce now. back in target. I just want
2: to interrupt you for a second with those birds yeah. in the background. I'm like, I was having a bad day, but then with those birds tweeting in the background, I feel relaxed now. You calmed me down. This is like therapeutic here. You having the birds at the Starbucks in the background there, it's good. I mean, I'm shout calmed out down to now. the
1: Zen bullish, Zen bullish. Yeah. I always see him in the you chat. Calm me down, the Zen. We're bullish, baby. Let's get it going. We'll see so what relax. happens in this market. Hey, Dennis, you bounce back like you always do. Do what you do best.
2: And try, man.
1: Go, go, go trade, hole. baby. Big
2: hole.
1: All right. Go, go handle that. I know Dennis will handle that. We'll see you tomorrow, Dennis. I'm going to go ahead and wrap on up here right here on Pre-Market Prep, the best morning show out there. There isn't anything better. So do us the favor. We want to get some more people in here. Share this with your friends, even the people that are in, not interested in the market right now. Maybe let them know, hey, do you just want to check out a morning show that's really great, entertaining, gives you information like Ryan Dietrich on today, uh, market strategist from the LPL, giving us all that data. Hit the thumbs on up. This is the place where you want to be. None other than, of course, Ben Zynga. Let's keep it going. Up next, you guys got live trading. Stick around for that. I'll see you guys there. And of course, like always, hit the subscribe button below and let's keep it going on none other than pre-market prep. I'll see you guys next time and keep battling out there the only way we know how.
6: Ah, spring. Nothing like the world progressing towards summer to inspire your own progress. That's what life's all about Sounds like progress, right? With Chime secured credit card, you can start improving your credit scores right away. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. Chime. Feels like progress. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by Bancorp Bank NA or Stride Bank NA, members FTIC. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal and OTC advance fees may apply. Terms and conditions apply. Go to Chime.com disclosures for details.
0: Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app.